It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Excited about today's show. Why? Because the unofficial, official depth chart came out for all the teams, but the Vikings primarily. And there's some things about the one, the quarterback room and that wide receiver room that we have to talk about. I love where I see some of these names and some others. I wonder where they're going to end up. We'll talk about that next on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson. This is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. I want everybody to know this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Just visit fanduel.com backslash locked on. Yeah, you see it down there to make every moment more. For those that aren't seeing it down there, if you want to see what I'm pointing at, go to YouTube, people. Go to YouTube and all you have to do is subscribe. Have an email address and just log in and you can see exactly what I'm pointing at. But I'm pointing at fanduel.com backslash locked on to make every moment work. Why? Because football is here and there's a lot of early bets to put out there. Trust me, if you think the Baltimore Ravens are going to beat the Arizona Cardinals in the Super Bowl, why not make a $5 bet on that? I think your odds are like 800,000 to one. So why not do it? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, but you could do it. And you may or may not. I mean, who knows? Lightning is struck. There's angels in the outfield. There might be angels in Arizona. But let me get my uh, producer into the show, Sam Ekstrom, as we jump into this show, because I'm excited, Sam. I saw, um, of course, I did some stuff for the Vikings uh, Entertainment Network. For those that have been on uh, Vikings.com, you've seen my face with uh, Tatum Everett. And uh, we've done a couple shows so far for the Vikings. And then the depth chart came out today, and I saw my face again on that video with Craig Peters, Vikings writer. He put our show back on there to talk about this unofficial, official depth chart. And Sam, when the depth chart came out, is there anything that jumped out to you right away? So number one, I always am a little cautious because there are some things that I think they're a little political, right? You don't want to put a veteran buried on the depth chart, even if they're not getting the reps. Um, you might not want to throw them under the bus in that way. So someone like Troy Reader, for instance, is listed with the twos. Ivan Pace is listed with the threes, but that's not what my eyes have seen. My eyes have seen Ivan Pace with the twos. Right. All camp. Troy Reader's been with the threes. Um, Makai Blackman, he's listed with the threes. But I've seen him with the with the ones as the number one nickel recently. Yeah. Asked Juwan Williams of late. Andrew Booth's been hurt, and Andrew Booth is with the twos. So there's some things where I think they, they don't want to elevate these rookies too quickly on the depth chart, but it, it, it betrays what I've been observing with my eyes. So that's one observation. Um, what stood out to you? What stood out to me is Brian Asamoah. Brian Asamoah is about to be out there with the ones. So we talked about his speed, his length. When he got drafted last year, we talked about Cato June, friend of the show, uh, for the Indianapolis Colts, and said they wanted him. To, they wanted to, the Colts were going to draft him. And we know what the Colts have done in the past under Tony Dungy with uh, linebackers and how they've turned that defense into uh, a very great defense. So it was, it was very 
uh, interesting to hear Cato June talk about what he thought about Brian Asamoah when he was on the show. And seeing Brian Asamoah with that speed out there, because we, me and you talked about this. Where's this energy? This Eric Kendrick in energy during the game is going to come from. Um, I feel like Brian Asamoah maybe. Maybe his speed and agility and his ability to run sideline to sideline is going to be that, that lion chasing a gazelle video that we love to watch. I think Brian Asamoah might fill those shoes of the of the lion chasing the gazelle every chance he gets. Uh, I want to take a break real quick. For those wondering why I'm wearing this gear, the mission gear, the mi- one – Good luck to all the young ladies out there. Today is official tryout day for club softball. So my daughter's out there now trying out uh, for her team. Um, so I know it's nervous for a lot of girls because I saw some girls leaving without an offer. So, you know, not to say there were tears, but I think there were some sad faces. Um, so I know this is a very mm-hmm. tough time for a lot of young ladies. And so I'm wearing, in, in good faith, I'm wearing the We Are Mission shirt, um, the mission hat, because I'm just putting good vibes, good vibes for my daughter uh, and her team mm-hmm. that she makes the national team once again. Um, but I think she has a good chance because she was on it last year. So I think she has a pretty good chance, but you never know. You never know. There's a lot of girls out there and people see, see uh, teams doing well and they want to jump ship. Um, speaking of jumping ship, Sam, here's another one. Great segue. Um, here's another one that I, 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 when I looked at this depth chart and he's new, so it doesn't mean anything. But Nikhil Harry, Nikhil Harry coming over from the Bears. He was with the Patriots, first round draft pick, Arizona, 6-4. We talked about um, Garrett Mogg, remember? A guy on the roster that can do something that nobody else does. Yeah. Nikhil Harry does that. Like, we love Garrett Mogg. Been on the show. Great kid. But Nikhil Harry does that. Which clearly. So this is what I also like. So I love, I love when we have intel and then, then it, it comes to fruition. Clearly the Vikings are considering needing a big receiver. Maybe it's wide receiver five. Doesn't play much. Special teams. But can give you that red zone ability. I see uh, Nikhil Harry being that guy. But again, like you said, he's new. So that I think this, I think, uh, what's the word you use? Political? I think I yeah. like that word. I think you are correct. Because um, I know parents, when they go to trials for the kids, they say it's political. You know, these girls are going to make the team. Um, but, you know, I, I do think that. I, I do see a little bit of, of political uh, biasness with this depth chart. Um, you know, DJ Wano and Pat Jones being up there. Um, you look at Dean Lowry being the veteran and uh, Harrison Phillips for sure. I think is a lock, uh, but Dean Lowry, I think is, is just, a, just a guy going to give you a uh, high intensity. Kyrus Tunga at the nose, TJ Smith right behind him. Um, like you said, with the, uh, the Troy reader versus Ivan Pace jr. Uh, yeah. The veteran is going to get the nod in the first preseason game. And then rookie's going to have to come in and earn it and then have to upseat him by, by preseason game. Number three, um, defensively there was nothing defensively that really jumped out besides the fact that Lewis seen has solidified himself as that backup safety right now um but does that mean you know Jay Ward might not get it I don't know I think Lewis seen has shown like he looks stronger healthier he's better I think Greg Joseph uh, there's no surprise there starting kicker Greg Joseph um, I don't know if he'll get up uprooted uh he would have to have a terrible preseason in order to do that uh but yeah there's there's no big time like surprises in this the one to pay off the tees, here's the one thing about the core and the quarterbacks. I think you know it's just hey, both of those guys we know are fighting for for QB two. That's I'm not even going to that. Jalen Naylor being the definitive backup right now as wide receiver three and four. Uh, him and Jordan mm-hmm. Addison. So we know Jordan Addison is going to be three or four. We know Jalen Naylor now is is in the good graces of Keenan McCardell because the coaches had to turn this in 
uh, for, for Craig Peters to be able to write this story. Uh, so he got this so he could put a story together and talk about the depth chart and blah, blah. Um, but I like that. Jalen Naylor, Jordan Addison, we, we kind of said that. Jalen Rager, Brandon Powell, five and six, uh, where Brandon Powell might have the edges five. Uh, but then the kill Harry might be able to edge out Jalen Naylor as six if he gives you special teams ability. I don't know if his special teams acumen is even up there because as a first round pick, you just don't assume you're, you assume you're going to play special teams. Um, but we see what happened. That's kind of I think what Laquan Treadwell kind of did was uh, because he wasn't a special teams guy, it was tough for teams to figure out well, where do we use this guy. Uh, but yeah, no, there there are no big surprises. Uh, there's only one fullback on the roster, so I think C.J. Helms' job is pretty secure. Um, I don't see him losing that, but yeah, I mean, what do you think about Jalen Naylor as wide receiver four? Yeah, that's nice affirmation for him for sure. Um, you know, he's been hurt too since the first day of camp. So I think some teams might put him with the third grouping there uh, and put like a veteran like Rager or Powell in front of him, but no, Naylor did so much in the spring. Nobody did more for his stock. I think in OTAs and minicamp than Jalen Naylor. So to see him as basically your wide receiver four, I would Mm -hmm. say is huge for him. And that I think makes him a bona fide lock to make this roster if there was yeah. any question whatsoever. And then as we suspected, it's Rager and Powell battery, uh, battling for that fifth spot. And and it could leave one of them on the outs once they get to cut down day. Yeah, I feel bad about because I mean, and then maybe we'll talk about this at some point after the preseason or like maybe the third, second or third preseason game kind of because it's the thing, man, when, when you talk of football, this is the best time of the year uh, before that first game, because you can kind of dig into the weeds a little bit when you look at uh, Blake Pro, Tristan Jackson, Lucky Jackson, Thayer Thomas, uh, Garrett Mogg, Jacob Copeland. Then we started to talk about like who's gonna who's the lock to be on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. You know what what guys do we feel like done enough in the preseason that the Vikings don't want to let them go and they want to make sure they're on this roster um, like a Jalen Naylor. You know, like a guy that we can stash maybe and then he'll come up and play later. So um, not to say it's over for Tristan. I mean Tristan Jackson. You know we talked about that too. Good thing he looks like he was walking around. He had a sleeve on. So there's no what do they say? No structural damage. No ligament damage. No ligament damage. Yeah. Um, so I think that's huge. Um, but again, clearly something structural, whether it's a bruise, a, 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 a hyperextension, whatever you might call it. Um, there's definitely some injury there. He's going to have to rehab and you know try to get back on the field. But hopefully, Tristan Jackson makes it back, and they decide to keep him again. Uh, I, I think he is a, a possibility of. I mean, he was looking good up at that point. But yeah, we'll we'll look at those first couple games and see. But now it's time. Uh, like you said, next segment coming up, you, you got an article you want to talk about and jump into with Bill Barnwell. He's a, he's a guy we love to, to, to talk about on this show. But remember, people, I keep talking about like my gear, the mission gear. I keep talking about the website below. If you want to see it, YouTube, that's the best way to do it. So if you're listening on the podcast, we thank you. But also jump to YouTube. Feel free to check us out. See some of the some of the uh, gear we wear. From I love to wear different shirts. That's my thing this season. I'm, I got a bunch of uh, shirts, $5 shirts, by the way, people. I don't spend a lot of money on clothes. Like, I'm not, I'm not that guy. Uh, my suits, yes, because that's game day. But uh, T-shirts, I'm spending 5 bucks. I go to 5 Below. I like their shirts, Sam. I don't know if you, you've been over there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, 5 Below, I love the shirts. But also uh, Roku, Amazon Fire, wherever you – uh, whatever TV platform you have, you can also get our show on there. You can see us as well on there. Uh, but we got a word from our sponsors, and we'll talk about this Bill Barnwell uh, article. Yeah, we've got a great new offer from FanDuel Sportsbook to tell you about. Football is about to kick off. Hall of Fame game already has. Regular season's a month from now. FanDuel is giving you a chance to win all season long. Here's what you do. You bet on a Super Bowl winner. Then you get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. So if you pick a team that wins 12 games in the regular season, 
you're getting free money every time they win a game. Then you can use those bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and plenty more. So attach yourself to the team that you think is going to clean up this season. Imagine if you had the Vikings last year, 13 wins, 13 sets of bonus bets. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn is the website. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Start earning your bonus bets. You can earn them as early as September 10th, I think, the Vikings kickoff. Uh, that's in America's number one sports book. Great new promotion at FanDuel. Make every moment more. Yeah, Sam, you got to love the FanDuel offers. Like, I I, I truly do. Like, I, I, I'm i going to figure that out because you're going to explain that to me, too, uh, how to bet on some of these during the season because I think I have a pretty good idea on how to pick some of these winners. So we'll definitely, on the Ron Johnson Show, try to help you guys out with some of these bets, too. We're going to try to help you out uh, with some of the teams we think are locks um, and, and, and teams that we're like, hey, it's, you're taking a flyer, but why not? It's going to make every game you watch more exciting. Like, who wouldn't want to bet on the Chiefs Versus the Bengals. I mean, it makes the game. It's already an exciting game. And now you got money on the line. And, and it could be five bucks, but it's fun to do it because then you have more points to work with later. But Sam, what's going on with this Bill Barnwell article? Yeah, we love talking about Barnwell articles. He just puts together all these compelling rankings. And his latest effort, he took all 14 playoff teams from last year, Ron. Okay. And then looked at their outlook for the 2023 season. And he power ranked them. Mm-hmm. So of those 14 playoff teams from last year, where do you think the Vikings land? Who 14 playoff teams, he power ranked them. So like what number did they end up? Yeah. Out of 14 playoff teams from last year, based the on Vikings? their outlook for this season, where do you think they stand? Like 13 for 14th? Yep. You're close. 12th. Oh, okay. 12th is the answer. Now, 14 is Tampa because they lost Brady. Yep. Uh, 13 is the Giants, the other team oh, that nobody okay. believes in. Okay. Vikings, Vikings at 12. 12. So, mm-hmm. and they're they're the Dolphins are 11, the uh, Ravens are 10, and so on and so forth. So, do you think okay. that makes sense about 12? Um, compared to like all the other metrics that are out there, all these other votes and boards and everything going on, yes, I think it does make sense. Uh, it makes sense for the simple fact of. We don't know what this defense is going to be. We know the offense is going to be. The offense is going to be high flying, uh, uh, wheeling and dealing, uh, show stealing, girlfriend, whatever. How you what, what is it? Show stealing, girlfriend kissing, uh, <laughs> son of a gun. Woo! Like, yeah. I mean, it's 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 just it's it's this offense is going to be Ric Flair infused. Like, it's going to be nothing. It's going to exude uh, sexiness when you think about this offense and points scored. When you think about the defense, you just don't know. Like, I can look at some defense in the NFL, and you're like, wow. Like, the Eagles. You can look at the Eagles' defense on paper and just be like, that's scary. That offense on paper, that's scary. Um, You can look at some teams, like the Chiefs, and you're like, "Mm, I don't know what that defense is going to be, but I know Patrick Mahomes controls the game. So, for the Vikings, you don't know if you feel like Kirk Cousins controls the game. You do feel like he puts a point, but you don't have faith in him controlling a game. And then from a Vikings defensive standpoint, they were the worst, one of the worst. Um, Brian Flores, can he work magic with, I mean, you get rid of Patrick Peterson, you bring in Byron Murphy Jr. You get rid of Cam Dantzler, you're going to have a Caleb Evans. Um, so I think you I think you upgraded the Caleb Evans side. I think he's better than Cam Dantzler. I think he showed that last year. Um, you also have um, Makai Blackman, uh, who seems like a little bit of an upgrade from what they had last year as well. And then you have, Uh, Byron Murphy, and then also Juwan Williams. Seems like a a slight upgrade as far as size and length and power. Like, 
you know, if you put Jawan Williams uh, up next against Cam Dancer, I think you kind of even them out. And maybe Jawan Williams as a vet gives you more mentally. Uh, mm-hmm. A Caleb Evans is a Caleb Evans, so it stays there. But I think he's better than he was last year as himself. And then Byron Murphy is not better than Patrick Peterson, but he's younger. He's quicker. You watch him run right now. He's moving well. He's right there in position every time either Jordan Addison or Justin Jefferson is making a catch. He's right there in position, whereas like, he's staying off of his guys. He's he's practicing like a vet. So I understand that. I do understand it. But the defense, I think, is always going to be the question mark. I'm surprised. I thought 12. I thought 14 to 13. I, I, I feel like people love the Giants and Daniel Jones for some reason. Um, I do see the Bucks though. So I, I would say 13. I see the Bucks. I think every other team people feel comfortable with, Chiefs, Eagles, um, uh, shoot, who else was in there? The Ra- was the Raiders? Raiders went right because they beat the Raiders. Chargers. Did not make it. No, in it was Chargers. the Jags. The Jags yep. uh, benefited from Chargers. Where did the Jags finish? Eighth. Jags are seventh. Seventh. Yep. See, I was right there. Yeah, because mm-hmm. people love Trevor Lawrence. Like it's 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 it. This is a quarterback driven league. A lot of these votes uh, for rankings for teams is quarterback driven. Like if you look at the bottom, let's call it ten teams in the NFL. None of those quarterbacks you would consider Hall of Fame you know, franchise quarterbacks. Like, none of them have the quality of that. The top 10, it's all top quarterbacks. And so, it's numbers don't lie. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. So, clearly, I get the bias for a quarterback, but it's it's something to it because all the teams in that top 10 all have really good quarterbacks and franchise quarterbacks, and they're young, and they have a chance to, you know, get their team to the Super Bowl or at least the divisional round. Vikings are the question mark. You know, people have not truly bought into Kirk Cousins. Uh, people love Justin Jefferson and his offense. Uh, there's no Dalvin Cook. I think that's the other part of this, too. What is Alexander Madison going to be? I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it's too high or too low? No, I think it's about right. Um, I think it makes sense when you look at the other teams in front of them. Now, I mean, you know, the the Dolphins at 11, they've got questions about health, obviously, with Tua. Um, so you worry about what that offense could fall into if he was out. And you worry about the number 10 team, the Ravens, too, because their quarterback has a history of injury as well. So I think the Vikings offensively are in a better spot than like the Giants, the the Dolphins, the Ravens, just because you can count on what you're going to get. But uh, Barnwell points out, and again, getting into the analytics here, Minnesota produced a staggering 7.7 wins in the fourth quarter, the most of any team in recorded history last year. That's probably not going to happen again. That'd be really tough to duplicate. So they're going to have to play better for the first three quarters of games to be in position to win some of these in the fourth quarter. And that, Ron, that comes down to Brian Flores and the defense. Can they be a little more difficult to score on than Ed Donatel's group last year? I think from the confusion standpoint and the, uh, what do we call it? What do they call it? Controlled chaos standpoint. Hopefully it holds true. We're not going to see it. I don't think in the first preseason games at all, like he's going to save it um, because you don't want it. You don't want to put it on film. You don't want any offense to be like, okay, when they do this, be ready for this. When they do this, be ready. when Josh Martellus is at the line of scrimmage, he's probably not blitzing his Harrison Smith, you know, all that kind of, you don't want to do it. But, but when the season starts like that first game against the bucks, I don't know about you, Sam one, I've got my suit planned out already because <laughs> I've already nice. been told what I'm supposed to wear. They already kind of told me what I'm supposed to wear. Uh, so I'm ready for that. But two, I got my vision ready. Like normally, I, and I hate to say this, I hate to admit this out loud. I, I shouldn't say this out loud. I don't focus on the defense as much when I watch football games. I'm not gonna lie. Like, like unless it's a great offense I'm watching in the Bucks and Baker Mayfield or not, I don't focus on the defense as much. Like I, I watch certain parts of it, but like when the offense is on the field, I'm watching the motions, the shifts. Uh, where's Justin Jefferson lined up? What did Kevin O'Connell do in this play? Man, you see Justin Jefferson was in the backfield. 
I don't really notice like Harrison Smith running around from sideline to sideline as much. You know, like I see the result of the play, but but that first game this year, Sam, I don't know about you. I'm staring at all these pre-snap things Brian Flores might throw at teams. Like I'm interested, I'm very interested to see what chaos really looks like because we know uh Chris Rump said it's a it's a it's a blank canvas. What is that gonna look like? Like, what is this blank canvas gonna look like week one versus the Bucks? Um, I'm excited to see what it's gonna look like. I don't know about you, but I know one, I'm having my omelet. I, I got to have that first game. Get, Love get, the omelets. Got to have the omelet for the first game with the bacon because yeah. it's, it's just a tradition. I don't do it all year. I, like, I don't have time. But usually the first game, I, I, I try to feel like I'm in football. I go get the omelet. I get the potatoes. I get the bacon. I sit down with some tea. I don't drink coffee, so I have my tea. And then I'm, I, take, I start building out my notes. I have a first quarter, second quarter, third quarter because I do the fan line. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I start building out my notes. Normally, I'm not going to lie, it's a ton of offensive notes. Week one? I'm ready for Brian Flores. Like, I'm excited to watch what this defense can look like. Because like you said, if they can improve those last game, uh, end of the game stats, I think we'll be fine. But it's time to jump into the daily three. That's three questions. I'm going to take about 30 seconds each today. 30 seconds to a minute today. Um, But remember, people, Sirius XM is a proud partner of Locked On Sports. After sweeping, sweeping the Twins, after the Diamondbacks, or sorry, after sweeping the Diamondbacks, sorry, the Twins will visit the Detroit Tigers, my Detroit Tigers at 540. Catch every pitch of the hometown broadcast with the SXM app. Just search Twins. I'm going to be doing it because my daughter has tryouts today. Like they're going all day pretty much. I'm going to be listening to part of this because I'm a Tigers guy. I grew up a Tigers guy. Um, I don't want the Tigers to win this one. I'm not going to lie. I don't want them to win. But I do want it to be competitive. I do want the line. I don't want the Tigers to look horrible because I've said Lions because it's the same. Uh, but I am going to be watching that pitch. So I'm, I have the SXM app, people. Make sure you get it because I'm going to catch a couple of these. Like, I want to hear what happens. We got to talk about this. Tigers, I mean, should they? Should the should the Twins have gotten uh, Justin Verlander? We'll figure this out. But again, SXM, proud partner. And now it's time for the Daily Three, Sam. That's three questions, three minutes each. Take it away. Yeah, let's go all over the map here in the Daily Three. Let's start with the basketball team, the Timberwolves. Okay. We're power ranked 16th by ESPN following all their off-season maneuvering. So I guess you think about number 16, puts them about eighth in the conference, kind of right where they ended last season. Uh, Too high, too low, or just right for the Wolves? I think just right. I mean, when you're a bubble team and you win, uh, what did they they lost, sorry, they lost the seventh seed game and then of the eighth seed and got absolutely murked by the Denver Nuggets, murdered uh, by the Nuggets, but thank you because then the Nuggets went on to win me some money and beat the Lakers. So appreciate you, Timberwolves. <laughs> um, but also, if the Timberwolves had lost, or, I mean, sorry, won, then the Lakers win a championship, and I'd have been happy too for LeBron. So I thank you for that. But here's where I go. On my high, I'm going to call a little audible for this. Sam, I got a question for you. Walker yeah. Kessler, I don't know if you saw this. Walker Kessler has made it to the Olympic, whatever, USA FIBA team. Walker Kessler, which means he's a great talent within the NBA. Do you feel like the Timberwolves screwed up? And he's better than everybody thought he was going to be. Totally they screwed up. Yeah, they definitely screwed up. He could have given them exactly what Rudy Gobert gave them, or most of what Rudy Gobert gave them last year. And they had um, all those first-round picks. Had all the so upside. Do you think, here's another one. Here's another one, part yeah. two of that. Do you think the Timberwolves will be ranked in the top 10 if they had Walker Kessler coming into this season? If they had Walker Kessler, it probably means they didn't make the trade. Probably means they've got Jared Vanderbilt. Yep. Probably means they've maybe got Pat Bev still around. I mean, that the chemistry on that team two years ago was so good. They might have Malik Beasley for some shooting. Um, 
Yeah, I think they I think they would have been a top five seed yeah. last year. Remember how bad the West was? Like they they could have easily been a three or a four, right? Last oh, year with a oh. so you live and you learn. You live and you learn. What's the next one? What's the next one? All right, uh, I'm gonna make you think here. Okay. So the Twins hit a walk off home run yesterday to beat Arizona. It's very mm-hmm. exciting. Matt Walner. Um, I want to ask you though, what is the most exciting game winning play of all the major sports? Is it the walk off home run? Is it the the game winning field goal, the buzzer beater, or the game winning overtime goal in hockey? What's the most exciting walk off play? So, like, you mean like a uh, actual play or just within the sport, the play? So, of all the, so you're comparing the sports against each other, and then like a the walk- last second play, yep, yeah, okay, the last second yep. winner. So, because I, I was gonna say we're speaking specific plays, I was gonna say like it was my daughter's walk off hit uh, to win. Uh, to go to the next round of the state, and then also to win nationals. 14U NAFA nationals. We got we got uh, the bronze championship. Uh, my daughter's on second. Girl hits the ball to the outfield. She scored. Hurt the girl from third score. She scores from second, which is true speed because it wasn't hit far in the outfield. And then we win on a walk off. Uh, and then our girl yeah. they celebrated. But no, but no. But talking about sports, Sam. Um, hmm, that that you made me think because walk off home runs are legit dope. Like I will say that I do love it. Um, I, I I like walk off softball home runs. Like watching Oklahoma and some of these teams mm-hmm. play in the College World Series. I'm gonna take the College World Series softball is higher than baseball walk off home runs. That's one. Okay. Um, but there's nothing like a buzzer beater in basketball. Like I, I'm like the Hail Mary in football. I, I I like that too. Like Aaron Rodgers over the Lions. But there's nothing like a, a LeBron, Michael Jordan, Steph Curry, uh, buzzer beater. Like you just can't. You can't recreate this. Uh, Kyrie Irving, uh, Ray, uh, uh, what's his name? Ray Allen uh, hits that corner three for the Miami Heat. Like mm-hmm. just, uh, just the way they pump up NBA, the the buzzer beater. Like oh, the Dame Lillard. Oh my goodness! On one of the best George of all time with the bye bye. Oh yeah. my good. Like yeah. So basketball tops it, and then I'm gonna put softball next after that. And then the Hail Mary is third for me. What? Do, yeah. what which one do you think? I'm I'm super torn. Um, I. I don't think that foot like a game winning field goal is not that high on it just because the kickers are not as iconic as right. some of the great basketball players of our time. Yeah, the field goal. Yeah, I don't think I'd say Hail Mary over field goal. I like the walk off home run because mm. there's a moment of suspense when bat meets the ball. Yep. The crowd erupts, but they're not sure. Is it gone? gone? Is it not yeah. gone? The outfielders retreating, running out of room. And then it's gone. I like the build up there. I like the rounding the bases, mobbing him at home plate. I don't think there's anything that can beat that for me. No, yeah, I like it. What's the last last one? one? Big Ten uh, and college football radically changing. Oregon and Washington are now scheduled to join the Big Ten. That makes mm-hmm. 18 teams, and it looks like the Pac-12 is literally dying mm-hmm. as we speak they're down to four teams left after this year so uh, how are you feeling about the new changes to the big 10 and college football overall so i'm selfish i like it but i also think about the other stuff and i heard uh the coach bring this up from missouri um what about the volleyball team that has to fly commercial what about the baseball softball team that has to fly commercial uh basketball boys sometimes have a charter girls commercial So track team, commercial. So for those teams where it's like, look, we got to go all the way to California to play a 7 p.m. Minnesota time, or no, sorry, 9 p.m. Minnesota time, like 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. their time. And then we got to get on a plane. By the time we get back to Minnesota, it's 
two, three in the morning. And then we still got to get up and go to class because there's no exemptions or exceptions for that. So I do understand because football, like he said, they're going to be fine because there's mostly weekends. They have a couple Thursday, maybe Friday, but I don't think they would schedule those as coast to coast games. So you're playing on a Saturday. You get to fly back on a Saturday night. You get to rest all day Sunday and you get to go to school Monday. But for those teams that play in the middle of the week, like a Tuesday or a or a Thursday game, uh, I don't like it for them. So I feel bad. Uh, but selfishly, I'm excited about Washington, Oregon, UCLA softball. Like, I love softball. Mm. And those teams are great. My daughter plays volleyball. So, of course, I watch volleyball. Oregon, uh, UCLA, and USC volleyball is legit. And Minnesota is one of the top five teams in the country. So, you get to see those matchups that you normally wouldn't see. UCLA versus Minnesota early in the season. Normally, that's in the like the finals. Um, so, you get to see that early now. So, Selfishly, I do like it. I do like some of that for that, but I don't like the travel for some of these kids. Um, I think that's going to be tough. But at the end of the day, it's about money. The Pac-12, I don't think they'll be able to sustain. Like, you're going to have to bring in teams that you probably normally wouldn't even want to be in your deal, like Boise, Fresno, some of those teams, Nevada maybe. So maybe the the uh, was it Mountain West, uh, they disband and they join the Pac-12. But does that bring you the money? Does that bring you the notoriety? Does that bring you the TV time? Some of those teams in those, like 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 Jerry Kill's team out there, they don't even have like 20 full-time coaches. Like they have like 12. So like that is totally different. The money, the recruiting. So yeah, it, it's going to be a tough one for the Pac-12, but I'm excited for the Big Ten because now with 18 teams, they are now the juggernaut over SEC land. And uh, you start to bring some of these top teams in here. From a basketball standpoint too, you get Oregon basketball, you get Washington basketball against the Big Ten. So it, it changes a ton. I feel bad for teams like Rutgers though, because now you had a chance and now it's just making it harder and harder yeah. and harder for you to become good in the Big Ten because it just it got worse. Like Minnesota, I think got pushed down a little bit too. Um, before Minnesota had a chance in the West, uh, it's going to make it really hard now that Oregon and UCLA are going to join the West and USC football too. Caleb Williams, but at least we won't see him because he'll be in the NFL. But yeah, no, I'm I'm excited about it. I don't know what are your thoughts before we get out of here. Yeah, well, how about the Big Twelve kind of coming back from the dead? I think people yeah. were anticipating the Big Twelve was going to dissolve, and here they are, they're absorbing some of the Pac-12, and yeah. uh, I feel bad for, you know, the the alumni and the students and the rivalries that are lost here because it's hard to recreate history. Yeah. You can't recreate those rivalries. So uh, if Oregon and Arizona don't play each other, you know, for, for years, that's a shame. But um, it's, it's fun. It's going to be fun for the Gophers to go out and play in Eugene, Oregon. That's going to be cool. That's going to be uh, – awesome to watch yeah and, and what i will say i love the memes like they, they show the undertaker meme i don't know if you've seen that one where he wakes up out of the coffin and they put the big 12 sign over his face um yes. there's the there's the office scene where everybody's like who screwed this up and it's the big it's the pac 12 and everybody's looking at washington state <laughs> like they screwed up the pac 12 it's it, you know because like like ucla and usc are like all right we're, we're leaving i'm sick of this and then I forgot what team was like Oregon state looks like I didn't do it. And then they all look at Washington state. It, it's hilarious. So some of those memes are funny. Um, but yeah, the big 10 is getting stronger. The sec is making offers. I, I think they're going to end up at 20. I, I see Stanford and Notre Dame trying to come over to the big 10 now. Yeah. Um, because now you can like for Notre Dame, you can schedule 11 to 12 big 10 games, maybe do a couple sec still like to say, Hey, I still want to schedule sec, but you can do 10 big 10 games and get Oregon, UCLA, USC, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State. I mean, come on now. Like, you win those games, you're in the top five. You're in the top yeah. four. 
Like, and that's where I think Notre Dame wants to get back to because it's been a while since they've been considered great because the ACC football is just not what it used to be either. And uh, yeah, it's the Big Ten or SEC if you want to if you want to path to the trophy. And I think uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Dan Patrick actually has a bet. NBC friend, um, I think Fritzy or somebody made it that if uh, if Notre Dame's not playing Big Ten football by 2027, he will take like a bag to the ice to the groin. I don't know why, um, or pie to the face. And I think he picked ice. I'm like, why would you take ice to the groin? Like, that doesn't sound great. Like, that sounds painful. But he's so confident. He said, that's how confident he's like, I don't screw the pound in the face. Notre Dame 2027 will be in the Big Ten. I hope it happens because I know that was a conversation before. And then they joined the SEC or the uh, ACC. But now they see where the money's at. A lot of money in the Big Ten. But we got to get out of here. I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Extra. I want to thank you guys for joining us today. Uh, remember, people, training camp's still going. You can get out there to, to TCO. Tickets are free. Just make sure you reserve a spot. And then we got football coming Thursday. I'm excited, Sam. I don't know about you. It's going to be late, though. It'll be a late one. Uh, yeah. For that Friday, that Friday roundtable, I might be waking up like this, you know, drinking tea. Because uh, it's going to be a late one. And I got to stay up late uh, for that. But it's going to be fun to talk about what we saw. In that first game on Friday morning on the roundtable, I'm looking forward to it. But remember, I'm Ron Johnson at Sam Ekstrom. If you want endless Vikings talk, make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube, where you can find all of our videos, all of our shows, instant podcasts after every game. There's games coming, people. I'm excited about that, too. And the Vikings press conference delivering all the biggest news. Just like our videos and leave your thoughts in the comment section below and have a great day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.